um can you see the map behind me just there there's a big Half of um, body of water that's rutland water which is the oh. largest reservoir in the uk by volume not by depth um so we're sort of like maybe 40 minutes from leicester um kind of two hours north of london like straight up so yeah call that the midlands yeah, East Midlands. Yeah, right. so okay. Birmingham's a bit further over that way. Um, I have uh, in the west. I have a Rutland Water story. We're now recording, by the way, but we'll oh, take, the, take this bit out. <laughs> I have a Rutland Water story. It's okay if you leave this in; doesn't bother me. Oh no, um, fine. Yeah, leave it. That, <laughs> um, my wife and I were visiting her auntie in a place called Saint Ives, just outside yeah. Cambridge. Outside yeah, Cambridge. we went there the other day yeah. on the Harrowwood Relay. Right. Um, so we went to Rutland Water for a visit. Now, this is when I didn't run. I did walk, but didn't do much more than that. Um, and we decided to hire bikes and cycle around Rutland Water. And I don't know if you're old enough to remember the the film star John Wayne. I was walking like John Wayne for about oh, three yeah. days afterwards. <laughs> Unbelievable. Because yeah. there, no, there was no, like, the mountain bikes never had, well, the bikes never had suspension like they've got nowadays. It was just a mm-hmm. bike. Yeah. With a Unbelievable. Basket on the front. <laughs> With a basket on the front, me wearing jeans and a fleece. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, that's my, just come flooding back there. So. Good old days, hey. Yeah, I spent many a happy day cycling around Rutland Water as a kid because I'm from Coventry. I'm not actually from Stamford. I'm from Coventry originally, which is the south of Birmingham. You know I've got the specials and Terry Hall in my head. Now you're speaking about Coventry, so anyway. Oh, yeah, we'll specials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, let's let's rock and roll with this. Thanks yeah. for that. Thanks for that. Okay. That's so, the you want. John takes over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better get used to that. <laughs> but he has got a lovely voice. <laughs> right, okay. So, recording. I'm season seven. Wait, am I doing... I'm, I'm welcoming Claire, am I? Yes. Claire, yes. how do you say your surname? Max Ted. Maxted. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. Okay. We're like that. We like to get things right, yeah. (laughs) So, recording season seven, episode seven, with Claire Maxted in three, two, one. A big welcome to the Young Hearts Run Free podcast. Claire Maxted, how are we doing today? Yeah, great. Thanks, Steve. It's great to be on with you guys. I love the Young Hearts Run Free podcast and you've accompanied me on many a long run. So thanks for that. Um, it's nice to be sitting opposite the dulcet tones of, of two guys who can chat entertainingly <laughs> for a long oh, thank time. You. Fantastic. <laughs> thank you. Well, at least one guy who can chat entertainingly. I'm not sure about the <laughs> other. Um, but no, thank you very much for um, agreeing to come on the podcast. We've been really looking forward to catching up with you, hearing all about all the exciting stuff that you get up to. All that will transpire over the course of the next hour or so. He says or so because he he knows from experience well, just how good talkers we are, shall we say. Yeah, <laughs> But we like to just get to know our guests a wee bit better to start off with. So we always start off with hearing a wee bit about your running story. How did you get to where you are now? Well, it is a bit of a weird story because I used to actually hate running 
um, I was phobic of running <laughs> at school. They, you know, um, at school they used to just like make you run um, house cross country in the freezing cold, and then the sports day would always be on like the most hot, boiling hot day of the year around a track with no shade. And then every every week I'd live in fear and total dread of this thing called the bleep test, where there was bleeps on this tape. It was tapes back in those those days, and you used to have to run from one side of the hall to the other before the bleep sound and then you'd get a score out of I don't know like some people used to be able to run up to like 14 number 14 or whatever that was and it was just horrendous and um being a ginger person I used to go bright red immediately and all the boys would point and laugh at me and go oh Clemex has gone red already and age 13 to 15 that's not what you want here is it you want to be like felt and gorgeous don't you well I was none of those things so I hated running I tried to do it as little as possible and then at university I started to to uh, enjoy the beer let's say so I sort of put on a little bit of weight and I thought oh running's easy it's like the easiest freest thing you can do don't have to be in a gym or anything so I decided I would go for a run and I was stressing out I was like phobic I was like fear like heart was beating fast I was getting sweaty palms just thinking of going for this run so I thought I would address my running phobia in the same way that people might address a fear of spiders or something like that so I just thought well they gradually expose themselves to like bigger and bigger spiders don't they so I'll gradually expose myself to like longer and longer runs and I'll just go really slowly and I remember running for 20 minutes once and being really happy with myself that I've managed to run for 20 minutes like I wasn't like really like really overweight or really un fit or anything like that I did biking hiking um rock climbing stuff like that I was active and I was swimming as well but I really hated running so it's just really ironic that I've gone from hating running to editing a magazine about running and then writing a book about running it's it's ridiculous but I just wish that I wish that other people had not had that introduction to running that I had at school because running was really it was always a competition it was always hard work it was always at a time of year when it was really horrible to run like midsummer or midwinter and it just wasn't a fun thing to do it was like you dreaded it it was torture and I just wish that there had been trail running as I know it now when I was at school because I think I would have really enjoyed that I joined the hiking society when I was at school we used to do these really long hikes I hiked 50 miles when I was 17 once um on the tour de triggs and we actually won the um under 18s category for it because we did it in a certain amount of hours um and I, I really enjoyed doing stuff like that and trail running is just like that but sped up isn't it it's just hiking in the mountains but sped up so I just yeah maybe I should go and do talks in schools or something because I really feel like 15 year olds 15 year old girls especially they just drop out of sport don't they and that's exactly what I did um mm. yeah mainly for vanity <laughs> reasons of vanity <laughs> I have Stephen and I have never discussed this Stephen school days because Stephen I'm 57 you probably divulge your age Stephen me, I'm um, 10 years your junior, John. Right, so 10 years, quite a bit of difference. We also went in different schools. But how... Different but close. Different but close, just across the road. But how was school for you with that? Because I remember cross... When you were speaking there, Claire, I remember cross country and thinking, oh my God, it's a long way, you never knew. And I now know it was out the back door of the school, around the north inch, and back that was cross country for us 
Um, <laughs> but it seemed like uh, it seemed like oh, ten miles. It wasn't obviously, but yeah. then it did. I wasn't. I played football as a kid. I wasn't. I was alright at football, but I was never fast. So, and as you say, you put a group of young guys in shorts and vests. It's a race. People are going to. People want to win. I was never going to win. I was always at the tail end. Stephen, how did you feel about running at school? Yeah, I was getting flashbacks there when Claire was was telling her story. And yeah, similar. It was. I wasn't a runner at school. I played football. Um, football rather and yeah I also wasn't fast nor athletic and I'd shy away from cross country or dread it and you're right though it was it was always in January February time if I recall rightly and it was just a miserable experience and you were kind of sent on this route and it was almost like there was always a few fast kids and they were like they were the winners and they were doing it in like 12 minutes 32 seconds and I'd be like 27 minutes, 32 seconds or whatever. I, I don't even know what the distance was. It might be like two miles or something. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, yeah, definitely. I like the thought of sped up hiking. That's yeah. more marketable, isn't it? Trail yeah. running. Yeah. Sped up hiking. Yeah. It, like, I mean, it just seemed like everything at school was a competition, wasn't it? And that's fine for about 10 kids at the front that are like, yeah, let's go. But for all the others, it makes you feel like a failure. And I wasn't even particularly that bad. I came 10th one year out of about 100 people. So I wasn't even that, or maybe it was 15th, I can't remember. And it, I wasn't even that bad at it. And I still felt rubbish. So imagine if you're at the back, like slightly overweight and not really sporty, you feel even worse. So yeah, it was, it was horrible. But yeah, I just, since I started running at uni and then, um, I got, my first job was on trail, the hiking magazine. So I was doing a lot of hiking at that point. And then I, I was, I found out about fell running, you know, like where they, fling themselves up these huge hills and then run down again falling over in the process and I just thought that was wonderful so I remember one February my auntie and uncle lived in the Lake District at that point and I went to visit them one weekend and I took a, like a bum bag that they had um, put some snacks in and a bottle of water and I ran up Latrick which is a tiny tiny mountain just below Skidder in um, in the Lake District and um, I remember I couldn't even I couldn't run it was it's quite steep so you know probably even the pros are sort of you know hands on knees power walking up and um so I was just jogging up there and it was February and I remember it was really frosty on the way down and I just skidded over on my bum just in front of these two walkers and I expected them to sort of say say are you all right but they just looked at me as if I was completely out of my mind and then just <laughs> walked off so <laughs> so I was like well trail running seems a bit hard <laughs> so so I sort of I feel like trail running bridges the gap between trail and fell running so um when the editor of trail running back then Matt Swain he said oh there's an opportunity to start a trail running magazine Claire would you edit it as part of your on going development as a writer and as a production person um so I just sort of I was the only person that was doing a bit of running um back then on the magazines because I'd also oh yes yeah, so after the the failed fell running experience I signed up to some trail races um it was something called the Lakeland Trails which was a, is a it was kind of a new concept back then this was probably yeah just before it's like 2009 maybe 2008 2009 and they were routes that were fully waymarked so it was like a road race but fully waymarked and we'd all set it up and we run around the mountains 
sections, not like up and then down again with no path. There was always a path and it was always very marked. There was lots of marshals and there was um, this drumming band at the start to G everyone up. And there was bouncy castle and ice cream for the kids at the end. And, and, and that, that sort of was me finding, yes, this is what running's about. That we were all running off in this gaggle of runners. We were walking up the hills. We were looking at the views. Some people were stopping to take pictures and then we were like bombing it down the hills. And it was just really fun. And I thought, wow, if I'd have done this when I was 15, that would have been really fun. Just walking up the hills and then running down the hills and just having a laugh. None of this competitive, oh, who's first, who's second, who's third, knees up, knees up business. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how I got into running. And, yeah, all of a sudden I was editing a running magazine <laughs> with no previous experience at all. I very much learned on the job, <laughs> but it was really good. I had so many fantastic opportunities there. A gaggle of runners. There's a term. Yeah. I like that. That's a term. A gaggle of runners. Is that official is that no it's not official and there is there's other contentions for the title so um there's i don't know if you've heard of a girl called anna mcnuff she's a similar age to me and she's just written a book called barefoot britain um and it's all about her um run all the way from the shetland islands down to um gloucester where she lives and then back to london where she's from she did it all barefoot and she's written a book about it and i supported her around the coventry area which is where i'm from and um and she calls it a fandango of runners because she she likes like the party mood and the dance of it, so she calls it a fandango of runners. I think we need the discussion. Yeah, yeah, definitely, John. Because we had the same discussion. I had a trail running group out the other week, and I was running up to them with a couple others. And you know how when you're on that group trail run, everybody kind of congregates and waits and get back together. And I was and everybody's got the luminous jackets on and. They're really quite eye-catching. I was like that to the guys I was running with. What do we call a group of runners? Like, what is especially a group of trail runners? Because mm. it's a different name for a group of road runners. We know what we call them. That's probably not. What do we call them? <laughs> Can we not repeat it? <laughs> lots of things. All derogatory. <laughs> I guess. But yeah, a gaggle of trail runners. We welcome more suggestions. Yeah, yeah. Please do. Sorry to take over. <laughs> Right, right in. <laughs> Find my YouTube channel and write a comment on it. I really want to know what people call a group of runners. I'm getting, I'm getting drawn to Fandango. I quite like a Fandango, but anyway. I thought you'd like a Fandango. <laughs> so, with it, so you mentioned a few things there, Claire. I also think I'm a big thumbs up to you going and speaking in school. I think it's a great idea to encourage mm. people to remain in sport and keep their interesting sport what would you say is your favorite distance though um personally about 50k i think so you can call yourself an ultra runner but you're only really just running over a marathon and in the hills that can be a full day out for example the manx mountain marathon that i'm actually doing again for the first time in 10 years um this april um that took me i think probably like eight or ten hours I can't remember what it took maybe eight hours and um, so it's a full day out um and it's just a really nice full day out in the mountains you're hiking you're running you're taking photos making a film if you're me and I really like that distance so I'm also down to do the ultra tour of Snowdonia as well the 50k version about a month after as well so I've got two 50ks lined up this year before the biggie brilliant somebody else is doing that that we spoke to John can you remember Mel Sykes is doing the Ultra Trail of Snowdonia. Oh. Yeah, she's doing. 
Yeah, yep. she's doing that. So. Have to that. But wait a minute, can I just wind clock back a wee bit? You don't just discover 50k is your favourite distance. You <laughs> hopefully built up to that through, uh, <laughs> through your, your spider analogy actually earlier around about pushing your distances further and further. So like, how, how did you arrive at 50k being your fave? Yeah, what, so what's the tarantula of the experience? So um, I suppose yeah. that would be probably multi-day races um, and the Bob Graham round. So I just decided there was a lot of hype around the Bob Graham round because the record, Billy's record, hadn't been broken for um, 39 years, I think it was, in the end, until Killian came over. Um, so, yeah, this was pre that. <laughs> and um, I just uh, did it over four days, um, and then I just decided I'll go for it. So I hadn't run more than 15 miles <laughs> in one go. And then I went 15, 21, 38, 42, and then I did the Bob Graham. Um, so, yeah, I'd done, I did all those distances, but I was, I was, um, always in the mountains. I was always wrecking. I was doing like five to nine hour wreckies of the Bob Graham. Um, I actually didn't complete it in the 24 hours that you do to get in the club. It took me 26 and a half hours. So, um, I'm not in the club, but I definitely still did the Bob Graham round all in one go. Um, and it was probably one of the hardest runs. That I've done in my life there was, but there was a lot of hiking to be honest involved <laughs> there was not a lot of running <laughs> maybe down a lot of running and the last mile oh I gave it some welly on the last mile <laughs> um, I just remember my sister she's not, yeah down the street um my sister isn't really into mountain running well she she wasn't into running at all back then um this is 10 years ago now um when I was 30 and uh, she was um, she was running along, um, we were just going through Portinscale, which is the last little village before you go on to, like, go towards Keswick High Street, and there was a big puddle, and bear in mind, I've been running through the mountains for about 65 miles at this point, through bogs and rocks and mud and puddles and everything. She was like, oh, mind out for the puddle, and she sort of guided me around this puddle, and I was like, I've just been running for 65 miles, I do not want to be guided around, no, make nothing further, don't make anything further, <laughs> so I just plowed through this puddle, splashing everyone, um, and, and then plowed on, and she said afterwards that <laughs> it was so funny that she thought that I'd be worried about getting my feet wet on the last mile, but it's just... It's just if you're not a mountain person, then you wouldn't really realise, would you? But that's that's always been, um, yeah, something we rib each other about now. <laughs> we should take a pause here and say congratulations on your Bob Graham round. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Well I done. sometimes think, oh, maybe I should try and do it again now that I'm older and wiser. And maybe I should try and, like, train up and do it again and, like, get under the 24 hours. Because there's not that many women in the Bob Graham Club compared to men. So I kind of feel like I should try and represent. But I don't know. Uh, I think I'd need to go and live in the Lake District for a bit to do it because it's 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 not just about doing it it's about getting the weather conditions to do it and all the mm. people out on that day and I sort of it was really bad weather um when I did it um well, that's my excuse <laughs> <laughs> really terrible weather um yeah almost got hypothermia um yeah so I'd me for me I would need the perfect day to be able to get around it well there's a film title there the perfect day. The perfect day. Oh, you know, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's become, to more in my awareness over the last seven, eight years about people doing these rounds. And it's all about, what's that term we've spoken about, Stephen? It's about getting your lines right, isn't it? Your oh, lines, yeah. your ups and your downs and picking the right way. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, well, I bet it's a runway now. I mean, back even when I ten years ago, when I did the Bob Graham round, there was there was trods and things, you know, that people had sort of gone on. But since uh-huh. you know, like since all the hype over Killian um, doing it, and you know, Jasmine Paris, Nikki Spinks, Beth Pascal, um, and then this new guy, Jack Kenzel, um, it must be a runway now. Like I remember talking to Billy, and he was like, "It's not the round it was because when he was doing it, it like half of it was a bog, um, and and you know, you didn't know which way to go because there wasn't a big trod there. Now he said it's just runways all the way around, so um, it's different in that sense too." I'll give it another 10 years and it'll be fine. Right. <laughs> uh, you'll be tarmacked by then, John. Yeah, I'll be tarmacked, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There'll be, there'll be uh, stair lifts as well and, you know, like escalators up all the mountains. Would you say that's your toughest challenge you've faced? Um, yeah, the, yeah, running-wise, the one it's the toughest one that I've actually completed. The toughest one that I haven't completed is the Cape Bath Ultra, which is... Um, that was 250 odd miles um, from Fort William to the the very northwest tip mm. of Scotland. Of course, Scottish people, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so that was good. I did five days out of the eight days of that um, because I just got really bad blisters on my feet and it felt like I was walking on knives with a bee stinging my little toe at every point. So I was just really miserable and I was walking through Torridon and it was absolutely beautiful weather. Not a cloud in the sky, blue backdrop. Like, is it Sylvan over there? Um, these beautiful mm-hmm. mountains, they rise up, don't they, from this beautiful flat plain and then there's just these blob mountains and it was just stunning and there's me moaning about my feet and I was just like oh I don't want to be moaning about my feet I want to enjoy this so I, I dropped out and dropped out for three days and then I did the last day which was across Sandwood Bay which was absolutely beautiful and then um Cape Wrath Ultra Cape Wrath uh, Lighthouse at the end um and uh, so that was that was fantastic so for me that was one of the reasons that I wanted to do that trip was to see that lighthouse and to get there so doing the last day was really good for me um I wish I'd been fit enough to do the whole thing but it was just too hard it was like 40 miles on some days and that's a good day out in itself isn't it oh it was really hard hard work it's it was hard, hard to as well it took me about a year to f- make the film because I was kind of embarrassed about like quitting and you know if if, if it had been life or death I could have continued it was just because I was in pain that I didn't want to continue and um, so I felt a bit like a namby-pamby but at the same time life's too short isn't it to do things you're not enjoying I kind of feel like you know if you're fleeing from a war then you've got a right to complain about stuff but if you're you know a middle class white person from a great background that's had a good education and you're moaning about your feet because of something you decided to do I just don't think that's really on so I decided to call it a day <laughs> just and become a nice person again and not miserable yeah it's always preferable when we're nice, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. For our own well-being as well as everybody else's as well. Yeah. I just noticed today, just when you were mentioning the Cape Wrath Trail, um, that you had a guest on, Rebecca Brennan, mm-hmm. who set an FKT on the Cape oh, Wrath Trail. Yes. And she's, she's just received an award. Wow. Just, just yesterday um, to honour that uh, wow. as well. And I think as well, she raised oh. over 14 grand she was raising money. I think it was breast cancer oh, uh, research. Wow. She was doing that. So well done to Rebecca. I hope you're That's listening and hear this. So the Cape Wrath Trail, has it left you with a niche that needs scratched? Or are you quite comfortable? You're not going back there. 
Yeah, unfinished business. Um, well, uh, it would be nice to complete the whole trail, but within the framework of that race, I think that is too difficult for me. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I would. Like in an ideal world, I'd just do things like that all the time and not earn any money. It'd be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe raise some money for charity along the way. Um, but there's so many other things that I want to do. Um, so I do feel like even though I didn't do all the race, I did go on the minibus. So I saw the mountainside and mm. then we were camping. So I was in the mountainside. So I do feel like I've done that part of the world. I would definitely go back to Torridon though, and do some like nice day walks and stuff around there. Um, it is just absolutely beautiful around there. Like Ullapool as well. I did an arm around that area once. And it was just fantastic. Really, really beautiful. Um, but I kind of really want to do the GR20 and it'd be quite cool to do the UTMB, Ultra Tour de Mont Blanc. Um, not necessarily the race but just do it over like six days and enjoy it um, I'm really up for these like going for a week long running things and doing like you know like anything up to kind of 20 miles a day might be doable I did um I went around the Isle of Man in 2019 um on the Radna coast path which means way of the girl and it's this beautiful snaky path um, along the cliff tops all the way around the Isle of Man and it's dead easy to follow um, it's about 100 miles in length so you can easily do it over six days or like e- even less if you're a really really fast runner or two weeks if you want to hike it um, and there's one stretch which is like 20 miles of pure beach which is amazing towards this lighthouse which never gets any nearer <laughs> you see it forever um, yeah and it's just I really recommend that because the people on the Isle of Man are just great crack like they're great people that's why I'm going over again to do the uh, the Manx Mountain Marathon 50k because I just love the place so much I'm actually taking Steve and Finley back with me my Steve not you Steve <laughs> I wish I had my hopes yeah. up here <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that so, sounds that awesome way. yeah but the other um the other toughest challenge I've ever faced just talking about toughest challenges is it's not been a race or a, or or yeah it's not been a race or an ultra or anything it's been actually being pregnant and like you know the the it's a bit painful to run and I needed a wee all the time um and then I couldn't run for the last month so that was annoying um and then after giving birth I couldn't run for weeing myself for about four months and it was really frustrating and it was really sleep deprived and then once I could start running again I did like really short distances but I wasn't even the whole of 2021 um, I wasn't really running much at all. And it's only been this year that I've been able to not be too tired and exhausted to carry on running. And you see on Instagram, like all these elite athletes that have bounced back within six weeks and they're like running like Katie Carr's saber saying she's off winning races. And, um, and oh, yeah, Jasmine Paris, she's like doing the spine race and beating all the men. And, and you're just like, oh, my God, I can't even run like five miles. I can't even run around the block. So that, I think, has been the toughest challenge in in my view of of running because like doing the Bob Graham or doing the Cape Breath Ultra is just about the running it's not about anything else it's just you and the running and the you know eat a bit plod on eat plod don't go the wrong way but having a baby it's just like rips your body apart and you've got to put it back together again and you're just exhausted from sleep deprivation you've got this whole nother life to juggle around yours and your work so I think that's been the toughest challenge so far um but now that he's two and he's in nursery, I've kind of got it back together again. So I'm actually planning to run the Montaigne Lakeland 100 in um, July. So, yeah, bounce back in two, two and a half years. It's took me to bounce back. <laughs> I reckon that's OK. 
the toughest challenge but the greatest reward. Yeah, yeah, he's and, lovely. Yeah, even when you, he woke up at half five this morning. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I would, I can imagine as you were describing, um, being pregnant and then giving birth and coming back, it, it, all of our female listeners going right on, sister, because they all know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. As guys, maybe not so much, but it <laughs> you is. You were presumably there in the room, though. Yes. I was there smiling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, put yeah. My, um, I was testing a new watch at the time, a Coros watch. So I actually strabbed my um, labour. <laughs> so <laughs> it was about 35 hours. And it, the watch lasted. It was very good. I was impressed. Brilliant. And that's one segment that nobody will ever claim. So no, exactly. Well done, Claire. Nobody else has well got done. pacing up and down in Peter the Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Thorough gear testing there by Wild Ginger Running. Yeah. yeah we don't have <laughs> to. Extreme testing. <laughs> uh, heart rate. What's your heart rate at that moment? <laughs> yeah. What the peak? It's a contraction. Yeah, but when I was actually pushing him out. <laughs> oh, man. Oof, I've not faced this challenge quite as tough as that one, John. So no, neither. I'm, I'm yeah. not, even, not even going to pretend I've been anywhere close to that. Anywhere close <laughs> well, to I that. think that's why men do these. You know how it's mostly men that do the really long ultras. Like overall, it's mostly men. It's like eighty percent men, isn't it? At some races, now some races are getting closer to fifty-fifty, and some have even achieved that, which is great. But I think that's one of the reasons why men sign up to do all these like really tough things and they try and prove how tough they are because they don't have childbirth to just have to do and have to suck up. So they're like need to prove themselves in other areas, I think. That's just my a small theory. Yeah. But listen, they can try as many races as they like. They're never going to be as tough as that. So no, let's just, I let's would just... rather do any of those races again. I'd rather do all of that over again than ever be pregnant or give birth or have post birth again. <laughs> Not it's true. Me. I think that the the female of the species ability to endure um, purgatory on ultra marathons is yeah because of partly because yeah, of that. maybe although I was I was a bit disappointed in myself on Cape Wrath Ultra because I was in pain now and I was like oh well I could take this and then but I could just stop um but that was more to do with not wanting to moan loads and wanting to mm-hmm. be happy <laughs> I used to put myself yeah, through a lot more <laughs> yeah maybe there was, there was that... a mini boss winking at you <laughs> yeah exactly and you know what maybe if that maybe if that pain had been somewhere else apart from your feet it may have made a different story but yeah. every single step and you mentioned like be nice in your feet and you know we've discussed this before i think we discussed it first of all with debbie martin kinsani we we're speaking mm-hmm. about who's is it male or female who are able to handle pain better i certainly believe it's females are, are able to do that and i think that's coming to the fore with regards to ultramarathons as well, we're seeing that it's not just a case of there's a men's field and there's a women's field. There's just, it's becoming there's a field. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so, and it's great. I love that. Absolutely love that. Yeah. Anyway, before we go doing that big same. gender battle, I'm not going to do the big gender battle. Yeah, no, no, I think men are, uh, I'm sure men are equal at taking pain than women, because I I don't think that I'm great at taking pain after having the experience of childbirth. I'm definitely not good at taking pain. Um, So, yeah, but yeah, men will never have the opportunity, which is a shame. (laughs) (laughs) We keep, we all both 
keep on going back to the next ultra marathon, knowing the pain that yeah, we're going to have to endure. Yeah, don't keep going back to the next kid, do we? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do another ultra, I'm not going to have another kid. <laughs> oh, bro. Okay, uh, well, John, I was going to say, I want to, get, I want to get delved into wild ginger running, because I know that Claire reviews trainers. Yes, I do. I've a whole pile of trainers. We'll do a separate podcast all on that, Claire, because I'm sure (laughs) I could speak to you for hours about that subject. But yeah, Claire has got a pile of trainers sitting behind her. It's not a fake backdrop. About 25 there. It's a a real (laughs) backdrop, 25. So um, yeah, while Ginger running, um, this is your chance to tell us a wee bit about that story and spread the word about all the wonderful things that you do and have published. Oh, yes, yes, I have actually got the book here. So, um, yes, yeah, so Wild Ginger Running um, is my YouTube channel, and it's basically trail running magazine, but in YouTube form. So I interview elite athletes and coaches um, on, like, live chats, and then I make it into a podcast afterwards. And then I also do tips and advice, like training advice, nutrition, um, and gear tests as well. So... If you need to know anything about trail running or ultra running, um, the best way to find out if I've covered it or if I've got any information on it is to Google that query. And then after the query, just write wild ginger running. And it should come up with all the films or blog posts that I've ever done on that topic. So, like, say if you wanted to find out about ultra running shoes or wide fit shoes, for example, just type in wide fit shoes, wild ginger running, and it will come up with my latest review of the top four wide fit running shoes. So, um, so yeah, it's a really enjoyable thing to do. Um, it's, uh, funded by patrons. So, um, every month we have a competition, um, to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. Um, so I draw the names out of the hat in a live broadcast. And if you're only patrons are entered into that. So there's about 100 patrons at the moment. Um, so usually if you're a patron for like a, a few years, you'll win something at least. And, and prizes range from like um, really super duper head torches to um, books to um Oh, lots of other things like backpacks, uh, the odd trail running shoe finds its way in there, quite a lot of ultra running nutrition, um, and they get discounts as well, like special discounts on, um, I've got stuff on Chia Charge at the moment, um, uh, and, um, some chocolate as well, 18 Noir Ultra Chocolate, um, and there's a special Innovate discount as well, which I'm not allowed to share with anyone else but patrons. So yeah, there's perks. Um, I also do the odd patron, just um, like the odd patron film, uh, like behind the scenes. And um, patrons also have um, a sort of a say. Uh, the higher patrons get, the, the higher paying patrons get a say in what I cover on the YouTube channel. And also they can just ask me any questions. I'm a qualified personal trainer as well. So um, they can ask me any questions at any point. So um, if anybody likes the channel and appreciates the gear reviews or it's helped them choose anything, then then they should consider becoming a patron just to keep the channel going because um if all the patrons disappeared i wouldn't be able to do it <laughs> so thank you to all my patrons if any of them are listening to this i really appreciate it brilliant 
a magazine version of a, the trail no a, a youtube version of the trail running magazine yeah yeah so i left the magazine yeah. um because i just saw like the trail running magazine has actually died now it died in november they closed it uh paper costs went up um after covid it was just it's all very sad um quite a few magazines are closing at the moment as well at bow media which um owned it all um but yeah i could see that coming so i thought right i'm gonna leap off now and i am going to start my own youtube channel and i've also written a book which is called the ultimate trail running handbook um and it's about uh, it's everything you need to know to get from 5k off-road to 50k off-road which is just over the marathon distance and my favorite distance so there's training plans recipes nutrition advice trail hacks as you go through the book like little top tips there's advice from top coaches elite athletes and stories from normal runners throughout the book as well to inspire you there's great races to do there's navigation there's how to get fit confident technique um skills advice um everything you need to know really is in the book and if it's not then do let me know because i'm currently writing the next one which is called the ultimate ultra running handbook and then i could do an update and put it in the ultra running handbook because it's going to be a bit like this book but on steroids um, and there's oh. going to be more about eco-friendly stuff as well, because since this book's come out, there's been loads more stuff set up, like the green runners and things like that. And I'm really mm-hmm. into just trying to, you know, help the environment as much as possible. So I'm going to do a bit more on the environment in the next book. When, when we knew you were, we were going to be speaking with you, Claire, I, I Googled that book. And, yeah. like, and I ended up, I'm not sure what website it was on, but there was a little description of the book. And the last sentences. If you're a trail runner or would like to become one, this book is your new best friend. Oh, and all the, <laughs> all, all the stuff that you've just described in there about um, navigation, about gear, about nutrition. These are all the things that people have got loads of questions about, you know. So we'll certainly um, put people, we'll certainly include it in our show notes the link to wildgingerrunning.co.uk and what I like I've been on the website as well as part of our world famous research that we do at Young Hearts Run Free um, and it's really really well laid out, the website you know, oh, the, you. the categories at the top, it's easy to navigate as you say, you can google it from just from the very start of your web browsing, but I think there's so much in there, some of the what I would do recommend is go to the interview section. I end up there quite a lot and there's some great tips and words from some legends of the sport, both female and male. So spend a wee bit of time in there. It's one of the rabbit holes you might end up on on a Thursday <laughs> or a Friday evening. That's where I probably end up. So it's a great resource. So thank you very much for putting that together. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to help people because because of coming from a background of hating running myself, I just wanted to help people get into trail running because so often they, they don't even know what trail running is and how they should go about doing it. And and it seems obvious if you're a hiker, it is very obvious how to plan a route and everything and how to just not hike it but run it but you know if you've never done it before you need hand holding I've had lots of people say to me oh it's not rocket science but of course it's not rocket science to you you already know it but if if people don't know anything it's like me like if I wanted to play the tuba where would I start I'd go on YouTube and I'd follow a video brilliant yeah it's only simple if you know the answer 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, do you, are you confident to say you've got over your phobia of running now? Yes, I think I have. <laughs> I have. I actually really like running now. Um, I do get a little bit nervous if I'm going to try for a fast park run time or something like that. But it's nothing like it was. Oh, my goodness. I would be like, oh, sweaty. But, you know, like that horrible, horrible butterfly feeling, not the nice butterfly feeling, but like a horrible, yeah. sick butterfly, nervous feeling. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. We're not putting this out as video. Um, we'll put this out as audio. But Stephen squirmed there when you spoke about park run. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's harder than an ultra isn't it park run well, if you're going to go for it really yeah, hardcore in fact I vow to do a park run sometime I don't say when I'm not sure what year <laughs> but I'm sure it was this year but it's only January man you got plenty the whole of time. running journey is building up to this park run appearance <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, at some point I shall face the the discomfort zone. Yeah, well, if you run to park run from somewhere and then run park run, you have an excuse not to run fast. Okay, that park run sandwich. Run. Yeah, park run yeah, sandwich. Park run sandwich. Now we're talking food to John. John's, yeah. John's eyes and ears have just perked. <laughs> well, you know what? And Let's cover, let's open up an umbrella question here, right? You've just spoken about the amount of um, things that Claire has behind her and Claire was talking about some of the discount stuff that you have as well so you can give two or three answers to this one Claire but do you have this is a tough question for somebody in your position do you have a favourite piece of running kit also what is Claire Maxted's favourite nutrition option when whilst running oh that's a tricky one or both of those are tricky aren't they Favourite piece of kit that I've ever had. Do you know what? I'm going to like be controversial and say it's my Patagonia pants. So I've got these pants from Patagonia. I got them probably on Trail Magazine at least 10 years ago. I'm sure I used them on the Bob Graham. Um, no, I used them in Kyrgyzstan as well. That must be much. Yeah, 2006 probably I got them. And they've just lasted forever. I bought some pants and white stuff the other day. They're already the elastics pinging apart. Right. And can I yeah. clarify pants? Some people oh, call not trousers. trousers pants. You're talking underpants. Underpants, yes. Right, thank underpants. you. Yeah, so they are um, just they're two pairs of black ones and one pair of light blue ones with a pattern on. And just they're just brilliant. They're, they wick, they dry quickly. Like you can take them camping with you and wash them and they'll dry like in your sleeping bag overnight if you rinse all the water out. Um yeah, and they're just brilliant for running. I always wear them running, especially for an ultra, because like normal pants have a seam in them, don't they? And they could chafe. Mm. Um, but if they're just cotton, then they don't dry quickly and you'll get chafing down there. So the pants is a really good one. Um, I also really like year old Patagonia pants. Yeah, yeah. I should write to them because Patagonia is a really sustainable com- company. Are, yeah. Um, so they do make things to last and I really appreciate yeah. things that are made to last. Um, yeah, so I really like that. I really like, uh, the Camelback Ultra, Ultra, uh, Ultra Pro 7 litre running pack. I really like that. Uh, it's just the perfect size for day running. Um, and I really like, um, that my Howie's three quarter length leggings, they've lasted for ages as well. I've sewn them up down, like, at the crotch several times now, but they have lasted for ages. I do like to kind of repair things. In one sense, I'm not a very good gear tester because, 
even though I really I'm, I'm very sort of opinionated about gear and how it should be uh, once I've got a piece of gear that works really well I don't want to change it and I don't want to test anything else <laughs> so it's like a real wrench for me to but wear something different if if left to my own devices I would just wear the same thing forever and ever until it got holes in and then I'd sew the holes up and then I'd wear it again until it literally was nothing there anymore so yeah I re- really appreciate clothes that last a long time yeah so yeah those three things I've got a Patagonia boxers that I, I yeah. got I think maybe about a year ago and, uh-huh. and they've already they've already <gasps> probably taken top spot in my favourite oh. pants sort of um, top 10 cool. and John is also a purveyor of fine pants as well his, <laughs> his chosen brand is Columbia, let's just yeah. mention all these brands so that we can tag them in so that John can get free undercarriage obliterated <laughs> choppers that we know them about so yeah three oh, yeah. for the price of one there John oh, yeah, Fant- yeah the sub- you know what, the subject of pants is really important for every single runner out there because of yeah. the things that Claire's just mentioned. You mentioned the word chafing. That's an issue for every single runner out there. It's so a race-ending situation. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit hot topic, hot topic. Yeah. Literally, yeah. second you part of that question. <laughs> second part of that question. Claire's been thinking as we've been chatting. I can see her um, brain ticking over saying food, food, what's <laughs> my favourite go-to food? This is an important question for the Young Hearts Run Free Boys. Oh, yeah. like her scran. Sorry, our food. Oh, yes, scran. I know the word scran because I worked with a photographer who was Scottish the other year. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I eat anything really. At the moment, like the other day, I forgot to take food, went to a news agent, got a boost bar. Um, but Morton, it's very expensive, but very, very good. I don't like gels at all. Morton gels, I can have. They are good. They taste slightly honey and of nothing else. They're not really, really sweet and horrible like a lot of gels are. Um, well, like all other gels that I've tried, they're sort of yeah. jelly consistency as well. So they come out and it's like eating some sort of mushed up jelly rather than um, it all squirting out like a bit of a like a jam kind of thing. It's not yeah. jam. It's more of a jelly. Yeah. And is that is that the, is that what makes it preferable for you, that consistency? Um, not just, well, yeah, because that means you can eat a bit and then fold it over and put it back in your pack without it all squirting everywhere. Um, yeah, um, it, yeah, it's not so much the consistency, but just the taste, really, actually. Um, yeah, the taste is just very neutral, I'd describe mm-hmm. it as. Um, Elliot Kipchoge actually uses it, and Killian Jornet as well, he uses mm-hmm. it. So if, if they like it, it must be good. Yeah, I really like them. I really like Chia They probably don't need to mortgage, remortgage their house, though. I know, that's a shame. I did have Morton goodie bag every month on my Patreon competition. I had had it, but we finished it now because it was just for this last year. Um, But they're going to be doing a few prizes in the uh, the coming months with new products that they've got coming out. They have got a solid product out as well now, which I haven't tried, that I keep emailing them saying, "Uh, I need to try this and review it. (laughs) (laughs) They haven't taken the bait yet. Kipchoge, Johnny and that's so that's not a bad trio of testimonials for Morton, is it? You know, that's quite that's quite good. I've never tried Morton. I think it's because of the cost, if I'm yeah. honest. You know, and yeah. um, I've but, never bought it. It's just the free samples that they've given me. So I'm down yeah. to like my last three free samples. Um, so I'm hanging on to them. I'm like, well, I'll just use this boost yeah. bar for a minute. Boost bars are a fine substitute. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and it's yeah. just sugar, isn't it? You just need sugar. So yeah. it's any old thing. I've been known to clutch a quiche during a 42-mile race. I've just been eating a quiche, running through Howtown how with a quiche in my hand, moaning slightly. <laughs> I've made a brie and family a brie sandwich in a pitter on a mountain marathon. I'm going to ask, because John will ask, what kind of, he wants to know what kind of quiche it was. Was it cheese and onion? Was it oh. quiche moraine? It would have been a mixed detail. vegetable, roasted vegetable quiche. Yeah, because I wouldn't have taken a meat one because I would have been worried about whether it would go off or not. Okay. So I would have just mm. taken a veggie one. Yeah. Brilliant. That's Yeah. Early April, that race. So it was quite cold anyway. It's called the um, Lakes Mountains 42. It's a very good low-key race we have to navigate. No, you know what, race tips here? Definitely. Yeah, we've mentioned as well, or you've mentioned, sorry, Claire, a lot of um, events in, that's coming up. But let's just clarify that again. What's happening for Claire in 2023? What, how does the timeline work? Oh, it's a Manx Mountain Marathon uh, on the 8th of April. And then I think it's the 14th of May. I've got the UTS, Ultra Tour of Snowdonia, 50k. And then I've got our race, which is the Neen Valley. Uh, I don't run this race. I organise the race. The Neen Valley Trails, 10 and 20 milers. That's in June the 3rd. If anybody wants to do a race locally to me near Stamford, it's in Fotheringhay, which is a bit just south of Peterborough. Um, that's 10 and 20 miles. And then in July, I'm hopefully, fingers crossed, doing the Montaigne Lakeland 100. Um, Montaigne hopefully are giving me a place and I've got to film it for them. So that will be exciting because not only do I have to train for running but I have to train for running and filming as well so like your arm you need a good arm <laughs> yeah and assuming you do that talking about, you're talking about filming are you going to is that about filming your experience or are you filming speaking to other people too or what's the yeah, criteria I mean not everyone wants some enthusiastic ginger person chatting to them during the race so if they seem like they're, they're up for it then I'll, I'll video some people as well I'll interview people around um along the way but it's it's mainly going to be um yeah an experience of like how I'm doing it I'm doing I'm going to the mountains my mum and dad are having Finley for a few days at the start of every month so I'm going I'm able to go to the mountains every month and I, I'm making films of the training as well as we go along so um yeah so it's it's if you follow, if you start following my channel now, there's going to be a lot of information about ultra training at the moment because I'm finding out personally. Like I've never run 100 miles before. I've, the most I've done is above ground, so about 65 miles. I've done lots of multi-day races as well, and like lots of 40s, loads of marathon-y type 30 mile stuff, 50k. Um, so I need to get this hundred. At least I need to try to do it so that when I write my next book about ultra running, then um, I'll at least have tried. If if I don't succeed then it's fine there's enough people that I can um, get on board to help me to do that 100 miler section but I would really like the experience of it myself you'll definitely get that experience at, at Lakeland um, and it'll mm. definitely be over 100 miles as we know that's the secret oh, yeah it's 105 Mr. isn't it blimey hell Lake weight doesn't PR so Even. much if you, were, if you were going to be taking on the 100 mile, I'm not, this isn't new, this isn't a challenge. If you were going to be taking on the 100 mile Lakeland, what time would you go for chips and Coniston in the afternoon? <laughs> I think I'll need the whole 40 hours of the race. Um, but no, so I'll be heading off for chips at lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, so you need to correlate your arrival time in Coniston with the opening hours of the chip shop. Exactly. Yeah, and that, should, be, that yeah. should probably be the main 
Goal. Line one of the objectives is arriving Coniston yeah. at opening hours of chip shop. Yeah. <laughs> Preferred number one well, ranked chip yeah. shop and TripAdvisor. Yeah. Tick. And then just build all your other race weekend plans yeah. around that. And yeah. You'll, you'll have nailed it. Yeah. Well, we've, we've, got, sure. we've got two years of experience of this now. Yeah. We've been, we've been down done, done the 50. The first yeah. year we never got near the chip shop. We couldn't get close to it. So uh, this year we were successful. We watched the start of the Lakeland 100 taking brilliant. off, um, coming That's up the hill. Up on the Friday. And then, yeah, yeah. And then we had our chips. We had a rare weekend. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. We almost had a water boy though standing in the queue for us, didn't we, John Rob? <laughs> yeah, we so, did. Whilst we got to watch the race start, he kept the place in the queue of the chip shop and that. Honey. Hall. He was yes. very kind. He was very he was, kind. Big shout out to JR. <laughs> oh, that's exciting because yeah. Um, yeah, and it'll not be one of those events where you yeah you look at and it's oh I was trying to get a hundred and I've got ninety nine point eight miles on my watch. He's made sure it's a hundred and five, so you'll definitely get that. <laughs> yeah, it's like the it's like Britain's answer to the UTMB, isn't it? Sort of like yeah. that, but without the yeah. altitude and a little bit less hills, but better. Without the attitude. Yeah, without the French people. With the attitude. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great 2023 in store. Yeah, yeah. and then the book Brilliant. will be handed in um, at the end of September. So okay. you know that will be then October. I'll be I'll be laughing. I'll be looking for something else by then. October, come back and speak to us about that whole yeah. experience. Oh, you've had. that'd be great. Yeah, be yeah, that would be. It'd be. It would be good to see the other side of the summer. That would yeah. be. That would be. That'd, that'd be, be awesome. Fantastic. It was also. Yeah. A Christmas wish list is this new book as well. That'll oh, yes. Be yeah. Oh, I don't know when it will be. It usually takes, I'm handing it in, but it'll take like half a year to edit it. Okay. So it'll probably be right. out for Christmas 2024, probably Christmas 2024. They take ages. Right. Like I'm used to working in magazines, so I'm like, oh, I'll just write it and then it goes out next month. No, it takes like a year to edit it. Okay. And check it and get photos and all that kind of stuff. I've got to say, I was a subscriber to Children in Magazine. Oh, I really, I good. really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I do oh. have a, another Dirty Weekend trail running or something. Oh, so, really? Yeah. yeah, I've got oh. that. Um, that's, that's one of my favourites. That's a Montaigne t-shirt. It's really, yeah, it's really good. It's yeah, a really good one. That's a limited edition, that t-shirt. Yeah. Get, keep hold of that. It might be worth a lot on eBay in about 20 years' time. There you go. I'll sell that with my big pants. Yeah, 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 still going strong. But um, what I really enjoyed, and two things I really enjoyed about that magazine was the kit reviews, but also the route descriptions. And used to give you, from all over the UK, there was different places to go and try trail running and stuff. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming your book is going to have that sort of mini version of that type stuff. You know what, it doesn't have any roots in it. And there was a reason for that. Because I suggested that, and I think it's to do with like copyright from OS. It's really expensive to print maps in books. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and and also there's loads of running guidebooks. So yeah. this is a running how-to book, but then yeah. if you, it depends where you live. So I could, you could only really fit like twenty in here, but there are whole books dedicated to like, you know, like um, I've got a book over there called um, oh, there's what Epic Runs of the World. Then Joss Naylor's Lakes, Mears and Waters. And there's loads of other running books yeah. which actually yeah. detail the runs in a really good description. So I think we felt like we couldn't do it 
justice but there will there's not going to be gear reviews in there but it's like how to choose a running backpack how to choose a pair of running shoes etc i've got one question on the book your favorite trail hack oh um oh you've caught me on the spot there but i think my favorite trail hack is if you if you don't feel like going running and you've got a run planned um get changed into your running stuff and tell yourself you're going on a walk and then get out the door, go on your walk, and then five minutes into your walk, you'll probably feel like running. And if you still don't feel like running, then you've, at least you've been on a walk. Sure. That's what I say to a lot of people who um, suffer with lack of motivation or or that kind of thing, or time to fit it in, that kind of thing, or I can't fit in my run. We'll just go on a walk, walk everywhere. Okay. Talking about time to fit it in, our, our time here today is limited. Right, so, so let's, if, if you don't mind, Stephen, do you want to open up that door to the, yeah. the, the, the double D? I always like when we have a guest on from a different part of the UK rather than Scotland because we get a different dialect dictionary word that we often are scratching our heads at when we first hear it. Building us up here, Claire. Um, so, yeah, the door is open for a submission into the dialect dictionary, the Young Hearts Run Free dialect dictionary. Yeah, well, I'm from Coventry, so I don't know if there's many words that people haven't heard before from Coventry, but I don't even know if this one is from Coventry, actually. Um, it's batch. So a lot of people call it a bread roll or a, like balm cake if you're from Manchester or something or um, a bap. Um, but I call it a batch. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's from my mum in Portsmouth down south. It's a small bread roll that you'd put sandwich stuff in. I call it a batch. A batch? I've never heard of a batch. B-A-T-C-H. A batch. Do you cup like a, a bacon batch? Yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be bacon butty, I suppose, wouldn't it? Oh. But you'd have like a cheese batch. Or if you... If you said, if your mum said, oh, can you put like six batches into the pram, that's, oh, into the pram, into the trolley, <laughs> and you get like six bread rolls, or, you know, those ones that are all stuck together. I got to call them a batch, and I got to uni, and, I was, and no one knew what I was, was talking about. Brilliant. That's exactly what dialect dictionary is all about. Yeah. Thank you very much that. for that. Yeah. Often, often the word is referred to in the same sentence as my mum. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Mother tongue. Yeah. 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 <laughs> John's yeah. got a few good ones that yeah. has mum yeah. as well. So, batch. I like, I like scram in. as well. I'd forgotten about scram. Oh, yeah, that's what goes inside your batch. <laughs> yeah. Often a pie. Yeah. Like, what is oh. that? Wigging kebab. Mm, you're making me hungry now. I've got, we had fish and chips last night, and I've kept the chips there in the fridge, so I'm just going <laughs> to, after this, I'm going to go and microwave them. <laughs> what a treat. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so <laughs> you before you head off for your chips, I'm interested. No, will you have sauce on your chips? Um, I might have some vinegar and salt. I did have some mushy peas with them last night, but I ate all them. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Okay. I'm no. I'm no <laughs> still, John is still trying to get over the fact that somebody left chips. This is an <laughs> oh, alien oh, concept. <laughs> <laughs> an alien concept. <laughs> okay. Taking a, a wee twist towards music now, Claire. Oh, yeah. You've, you've, from your description today, you've spent a lot of time out in the trails. You may listen to a number of different things. Obviously, you listen to the Young Hearts from Free podcast, and I'd be oh, very yeah. grateful for that. But yeah. we have our 
uh, Young Hearts Run Free, La Buff Buff Collection, currently volume four we're adding to. Which song would you like to add into that playlist for our listeners? Oh, are you going to put it on Spotify or something? The whole playlist? Yes, yes it all exists on Spotify. Oh, I need to play it. Um, so I'm going to go for Lizzo, um, About Damn Time. Bachin. Yeah. Brilliant, I love it's Lizzo. Just, you know, it's kind of understated, got a good beat, and it's very, you know, big, big you up, doesn't it? Def- definitely, definitely. Yeah. I love Lizzo. My daughter and her partner, Samara, they've just got tickets to go and see Lizzo in Glasgow. Oh, and I'm really jealous about that because I'd love to yeah. go and see love to go and see them. Yeah, she would um, be amazing. Um, I can't wait for Taylor Swift's tour as well. She, her, I love her latest album, but it's not really one to run to. She's gone a bit kind of folky in the last few albums, so yeah. a bit more relaxed. Um, Use it for your cool down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So thank you very much, Lizzo. Goes in to it's the Buff Buff collection. It's in, done it. I've Stephen added it already. Brilliant. So we shall again. We shall post that link so you've got access to that. Um, yeah. Aware of time is clear. It's a wee bit rushed at the end. Sorry about that. Oh, we we didn't want didn't want to do that. This has been a fantastic hour. Really quite quick. A lot of information oh, there. Ah. Loads of things to listen back to. Some great tips and tricks. And again. Your book, we will promote that and hopefully people will go and have a look at that and also your website. But I've really enjoyed speaking to you, Claire. It's oh, been a fantastic time, so thank you. You guys are really fun and uh, I've really enjoyed it too. Thank you. No, thanks so much, Claire. It's been an absolute um, pleasure to speak to you this afternoon. And I'm away to get down another YouTube wormhole with all your content <laughs> on there, which is... Well, um, <laughs> I'm just away to get chips. <laughs> That's all I'm going to be doing. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. Now, they've changed how you record. Stop recording.